0: Cause the dark takes over when you bring your kiss Of death Until there's nothing left And I've changed since you've been with me I taste the poison in our chemistry The black and white lies turning shades of grey And I can't look away Do I pleasure my pain? I can't escape you cause you got me hypnotized But your love is an illusion, it's a lie You're toxic, and I know better You're toxic, but you're my guilty pleasure Yeah, you're the dirty secret that I hide You keep me dancing with the devil in my mind You're toxic, and I know better You're toxic, but you're my guilty pleasure
1: I'm Dave Hawkins, and this is The Antidote. It's an unfortunate thing that the number of straight-up rock and roll bands seems to be dwindling. And I realize that taste may change, but maybe it's because those rock bands need an edge to their sound that makes them stand out from the pack. And that's where Matt Sassano comes into the picture. You might be able to recognize some of Matt's influences, but he's definitely his own performer, who isn't duplicating anyone else. We heard some of that on tonight's first song, Guilty Pleasure, which comes from In Defiance, the just-released EP from Matt Cezano. His music is powerful, and it's personal, and that's why I wanted to meet Matt for a chat to find out what he's all about mr rock and roll matt sassano has come to the antidote thanks for taking time for us matt
2: hey what's going on man it's great to be here
1: to start off i want to get you to take us way way back what's the very first music memory you have
2: oh man growing up music was like the one thing that always made me feel empowered and uh as a kid you know who struggled a lot I remember kind of being raised in the church background and my dad was a pastor. And so, you know, he was, he was up there doing his thing. And for a long time, these teenage kids came to our church. They were different than everybody else. They were all into rock and roll. They had their tattoos and their piercings and they were kind of that crew that everybody was a little bit intimidated by, but they were the first people that got me involved in like rock and roll and when they gave me a tooth and nail compilation CD, I oh, was yeah. sold from like then <laughs> on out, man. And we would be out in the church parking lot, moshing by their car and scaring everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> the first literal like history of rock and roll that I remember that really fueled my love for music was just having them there. And they just introduced me to all of it. And I just became a fanatic with music that... My parents didn't seem to like, but I loved it and it just it paved the way for where I am right now.
1: So which of those tooth and nail artists made the biggest impact?
2: Oh my gosh, man. Well, there was so many um a lot of the solid state stuff I really liked, the super super heavy. Yeah. Um but everybody hated that. So I kind of eventually would be a mixture between the solid state and then I got really into like MXPX. Oh yeah, and that became a huge influence to me. Not necessarily today in the way that I sound, but I always loved their their music. They weren't necessarily trying to push anything on anybody, but they were writing just really honest music, um, and that's what I really enjoyed about them. They had the fun songs, they had those down to earth anthems, or they, you know, dived into like what life was like as a teenager. Um, for so many kids, and became kind of the soundtrack of every summer, and so MXPX was like the biggest, but really it was everything on Tooth and Nail that really just opened my world up. And then um, I got into really big into lyrics and like the composition of music. So I was also very much into like rap and stuff. I listened to like Eminem and Fifty Cent and all the early two thousand rap as well. And so I was just like this amalgamation of all different types of music that that I love for different reasons.
1: And none of that plays a role in your music
2: (laughs) at all. Well, it's, it's funny, man, because yeah, I mean, I come from a rock background, but I can appreciate every style of music. If you look through my discography as a solo artist, it did take me a long time or at least like, you know, a couple releases to find my voice as a solo artist, because I just love so much types of music. Um, but rock is, you know, kind of my first love.
1: I hear you. Well, you just mentioned about your solo thing, but before those days, you fronted the band Transparent.
2: Absolutely.
1: And you had a hit yeah. with the song Bridges. So Dude, what about what about yeah. giving us a quick rundown of that band and the song?
2: So what had happened, man, is, like I said, I was born and raised in this small little town of, Upstate New York called Canisteo. Like, there's definitely just more cows than people. There's not much <laughs> going on there. <laughs> and so, I had formed this band with some kids that I had met, and we had like five songs at the time. We were kind of working on some recording and everything. And during this time, I was in a trade school learning like digital media arts. And um, in this classroom, there was this kid that was just really shy. Nobody really took the time to talk to him. He was kind of that kid that was a little bit of the, the outcast. Mm-hmm. So I would always kind of take the time to talk to him. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, what do you do when you're outside of class and all these kinds of things? And um, little did I know, he was a forum moderator for a video game company called Utechnics. And he had heard about the music that we were doing during one of the days in school he's like hey man you know like i heard your song i'm gonna try to pitch it to this video game company and me being like having like five songs out that i've ever recorded in my life was like oh yeah that'll be nice man just kind of like do what you can not really expecting that to happen and um next thing you know like a week or two later i'm literally signing a contract with U Technics to have my one of the first songs i ever wrote called bridges included on the NASCAR, the game soundtrack along with bands like stained and uncle cracker and simple plan. <laughs> and it was just this really crazy experience. Cause we were from such a small little town. I was on this national platform and I was playing, uh, like this place called the hot dog palace down in my old town. So, um, you know, it was just like this two different worlds. And I wish that I could say like the road from then was just easy, but I've had to kind of learn things and since then just you know learned and learned until i eventually found out that solo was the best route for me
0: me the- fight And forget. I will not forget. How do I find my way home? The darkness chases me. Only the ashes remain from all the bridges I've burned. Every
1: band days of Matt Susano with the song Bridges from Transparent. Matt really has an incredible and personal story. Let's hear about that along with the song Showdown. Well, you know something that I have read about you, that you've grown up with disabilities, cerebral palsy, and dyscalculia. How do you manage that with having a music career?
2: Oh, man. Yeah, I I actually do. I have Two disabilities, and um, cerebral palsy was one of them. That one affects me on a physical level. It's difficult, but I would say that the most difficult disability in my case has been dyscalculia, which is kind of a place and space issue-focused disability. Um, I can't do math. I can't drive. There's certain functions on everyday jobs that I couldn't hold down. Like for instance, when I worked at like Walmart, which is kind of crazy. I used to get lost frequently because the layouts of stores and just how everything's spaced out um, used to freak me out. So there was times when I couldn't hold down regular jobs. And as you could imagine, you know, it just freaks you out when you're getting up there in age and you're like, what am I going to do with my life? Because every skill that I, I would hope to have in the regular workforce is very hard. So I've just been very blessed to have been given this opportunity because it's the one thing that, I, like I said, music has always been the one thing that makes me feel empowered and the one thing that I've always felt that I was good at.
1: Well, that's interesting because, you know, it doesn't seem like those problems have limited you, at least in a physical way, because on your debut album, Transcend, you included the song Showdown, and the video for the song shows you in the boxing ring. And you know what else is that the song is interesting because the lyrics are aggressive, and it says, yeah. "Prepare for me to fight back. I'll strike back and win this war." Now you got to tell me—is that physically or is that spiritually?
2: Um, it was kind of just like one of those songs that I use metaphorically for everybody who ever doubted me. You know what I mean? Everybody who ever like told me I wouldn't make it, and you know, coming up, there was just so much challenges that I've had to face and like it's easy to kick somebody when they're down like people telling you to give up and people telling you you won't make it so like that was kind of the first declaration of like I'm gonna do this this is my showdown me versus the odds
1: (laughs) have you had a lot of that naysayers during your career
2: oh absolutely man I mean I think that you know in everything there's naysayers but especially when you come from a small town I love the people there, but nobody really has ever made it out of that town doing a lot in this capacity. And then you pile on, you know, disabilities and somebody who really struggled through school in every aspect. I mean, it took me until my upper 20s to even get a diploma, and I just struggled through my education. So when you pile on, hey, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on tour. I'm going to be signed to a record deal. You tell people that they tend to laugh at you. I was in a trade school and when I quit that trade school, I just found out that it wasn't kind of working out. And I called the person to unenroll like the people that were in charge to unenroll in Mm -hmm. the class. And I was like, Hey man, I'm going to be doing this thing with a band. And she kind of laughed in my face. She was like, Oh, we can all dream, honey. I just remember hanging up that phone call going like, I get it. It's a far fetched dream, but I don't think she understands who I am and what I'm capable of. And That's kind of served as fuel for me to continue on um, as all those naysayers. So on one hand, I kind of appreciate it. You know, I've never been a person about ego, but there is something just satisfying when your every waking moment has been an uphill battle and you can finally go like, this actually is kind of cool because the same people that used to make fun of me are now congratulating me. And it's like, wow, that's a crazy turnaround.
0: to step up tonight and give me a reason to fight. fight I won't be taken down It's my time to rise So you can stack the odds against me and claim the battle's yours But prepare for me to strike back, I'll fight back and win this war I'll win this war It's about to go down To the showdown one by one the seven up Cause it's begun to get getting... rid From the fire, Cause I burn with strength to fight, and I'm a warrior inside. So you can stack the odds against me and claim the best.
1: In another song from the Transcend release, and on this song, you dumped on the TV and film industry with the song Hollywood Machine. Mm-hmm. And The yes. lyrics say, Enjoy the show as we numb your soul and paint you a reality. I want to know, are you really serious about that? Like, is there no positivity in film and television?
2: I think that there can be pockets of positivity. Unfortunately, we live in an age where I think it's overtaken by the corrupting messages of Hollywood. And I think that there's probably a deliberate move to do these things. When I was talking about Hollywood machine, it was targeted towards, you know, a lot of people might go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, but like, I do believe that there is a strong force of Satanism in Hollywood and they push agendas that aren't necessarily good for society. And so that was just kind of my way of calling them out. And since then, we've seen so many allegations with Hollywood and the corruption of what goes on in the higher levels. And I think some of this stuff has come into light. But back when I wrote that, it, was kind of, it wasn't as prominent. And so it was just kind of my way of calling Hollywood out. And we all know that there's been a variety of artists that have come out and like said they've sold their souls or they've done different weird things. I mean, we could go down this rabbit hole for a long time. But I just wanted to be somebody that, like, shine the light on that, because I think that's an issue. And, um, you know, hopefully I've done a good job in kind of opening people's eyes that have heard the song.
1: So I get that. But reality is, is doesn't every performer, including Christian musicians, have an agenda?
2: Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that. I'm not for shutting anyone down. I'm not for, you know, censorship according to whatever somebody believes. But when I see every major music video, including symbolism with satanic things or this or that, it just kind of makes you wonder like why. And it furs on like a lot of just different thoughts. So I was like, you know, I just want to write on this. You know, I may not change everybody's world. I may not change any of the celebrities minds, but it's something to take note of because, we live in a world now where information is so available and people are just finding out what's behind the curtain hey everybody this is matt sassano and you're checking in to the antidote
0: screens and magazines give you a glimpse of the good life go on and worship the idols that we created for
1: Necessarily agree with all of Matt's views about Hollywood, but I can understand how some films can be negative. A major positive is who joined him on vocals on his single Enough. You know, something that I find that's great about you is that what really pushes your sound ahead of the pack is that Matt Sasano infuses your rock style with a bit of pop, but it's got this EDM vibe. Is that a natural for you?
2: Uh, Well, it wasn't always like that. Like you already had brought up, I come from kind of a more straightforward rock background. And so um, I was in a variety of bands. uh, But in 2018 is when I started the solo work. And I got with another producer here locally in Knoxville. His name was Colton Carnley. He was kind of a a younger guy. And his specialty was more the electronic sounds. Mm -hmm. And so just naturally with my rock bass and his electronic experience in the studio, like we just meshed these two sounds together. And also at the time I was writing for a lot of like TV and film. Ironic that I would write a song called Hollywood (laughs) machine, but I was writing for a lot of uh, TV and film and, and a lot of what they were doing was just like those big, like production electronic sounds for like sports commercials and just different things like that. Um, and when Transcend came out, there was that EDM influence, there was that rock influence, and then there was like kind of that big production movie soundtrack kind of infused in it. Yeah, <laughs> and for sure. So, yeah. And that's kind of where that sound came from. I would say there's definitely a difference between the Transcend stuff and the Indefiance stuff. You can definitely tell that the Transcend stuff was a little more... You know, safe lyrically, maybe. Mm-hmm. And as I move more towards like the In Defiance, my new releases, I feel like it's like all gloves are off, you know, and I'm just becoming a little more authentic in the writing.
1: Well, between Transcend and In Defiance, you brought out a single you did with Zana. That was a real winner. Enough speaks about a damaged relationship. Could I ever be enough for you? Because I don't want to face the truth. I always seem to be the one worth leaving. And in the end, I bet you'll leave me bleeding. So I'm sort of hoping that doesn't come from personal experience.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, it it actually does. Um, Back in 2020, I was on the road on my first major tour with a band called GFM. And um, this kind of goes somewhere, but bear with me. Um, So we were getting ready for tour. And as we know, that all got shut down. So as somebody who really just lived their life to want to go on tour and do these things, I had to return home for a year after playing one show with them in Fort Worth, Texas. And as a result of that, man, I just found myself in this really depressed state. And when we're in those depressed states, man, we get into those toxic relationships and I got into a toxic relationship with a girl that, um, you know, I ended up engaged to, but she used to just wear me down, man. And, you know, she would say things like, Hey man, you know, why don't you just give up the music you know you should focus on something more practical and i remember that year i had one show five minutes before i get on the stage this girl calls me up and she says you know what i just don't think this is working out um i don't love you i'm packing right now while you're out of town doing your show and i'm gonna be leaving and so yeah man we were engaged and I was in one of those weird head spaces where I just was making really reckless decisions because of my depression and because of the things that I was feeling. And so enough came out of that is just like, you know, will I ever be enough for anybody? Because again, it was an uphill battle for me. It was like, not only do you just struggle to feel like enough in your life sometimes, but when you couple it with disabilities and uncertainties about the future, it just builds up. And so now I'm past it. I feel way better in 2022. You know, it was just one of those things that was tough to get past, and I'm glad to be out of that.
1: Another great thing about that song is the blending of your voice and Zana. How did you get together with her?
2: Oh, man, it was awesome, dude. Zana's an amazing artist, and how we had met was I actually am also a contributor to this um music site called rock on purpose where we do a lot of music reviews and we do a lot of like write-ups for album releases i used to go and just interview artists zana was one of my very first people that i have had interviewed i just always admired her talent i always thought she was really good and um, so we kind of forged a friendship through my initial interview and i knew i wanted a, a female on that particular track for the second verse and I couldn't think of anybody better suited for it than Zana I just had that in my mind from the very beginning and when I reached out to her she was just very gracious and um, I would say off it's kind of like the return to like really writing in a genuine fashion and so I felt like that was like the first part of a turning point in the music where it just became very honest
0: Could I ever be enough for you? My heart is like a ball and shame It's always heavy and attached to pain dragging me down into more mistakes Another promise with a twist of fate. Cause every time I think that someone's heaven sent Their halo turns to horns and I'm in hell again It starts off with a spark but now it's evident That I help light the fires that they burn me with I can't forget All these scars remind me Turn to regret
1: You have brought out a change in style to a degree, and you hear that on the new In Defiance EP, which you've just released August 26th. You really stepped up the game. It seems to be more, maybe I should say it's more polished than what we heard on Transcend.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, it was so cool. I loved diving into the Transcend record, and a lot of that gave me the sense that I could integrate electronic sounds with rock. On an even better level. And so by the time I was gearing up to do In Defiance, we had switched producers. And so I got with Josiah Prince, who is the guitar oh, yeah. player for Disciple. Sure. And so we took some of that electronic influence I had gotten from the previous project with Colton and brought it over to Josiah. And then, you know, obviously we're pushing each other in different ways. You know, I'm like, Hey man, let's do like a little bit more electronics. And then he's obviously like the rock guy. So we both have like an appreciation for the same styles of music, but we just added some of that flair that I had acquired from Colton. And so there's still that electronic edge, but it just goes a little bit more toward the rock.
1: And I can hear some of that. I guess you could say it's a disciple influence coming through on the music
2: oh, absolutely, man. And, you know, Disciples, they're one of those bands that just completely changed my outlook on music. But I've always wanted to like kind of take from artists I like, but also have my own kind of original thing going. So it was cool to get with somebody that I looked up to and that was in that prominent band and then kind of add our own twist to the sound because you'll hear like the rock influence, you'll hear a little electronic. And I really believe that we're kind of bringing something new to the table, which is really cool.
1: Absolutely. You know, there's something I've always been curious about your music, and it's that many of your songs sort of skirt around the edge of faith. Mm-hmm. But on the new EP, that did change with the song Dear God. So what pushed you to record that?
2: Um, So Dear God is now the currently the second single on the Indefiant CD. I'm super excited about it. And, uh, basically that song is just a lot of people don't know this about my story. You know, I grew up in the church and I've gotten to see a lot of the great sides of that, but also in my particular situation, I got to see a lot of the dark sides of it too, because my dad was the preacher and he was also very heavily abusive. Um, and so I lived this kind of like seeing people live double lives. And so when I was in that depression, trying to figure out all these different things. I used to write letters to God just to kind of like ease my depression, kind of get things off my mind. Mm-hmm. And like the song is basically a tribute to all the years that I had written those letters. Yeah. I think the video is, it's gotten a pretty crazy response, like graphic images of like abuse and all that stuff, but it's very real to my story. And, um, you know, it's hard to watch, I guess for some people, Yeah. but I just wanted to raise the alarm and, and try to illustrate and depict that, as much as I could just the realness of that kind of situation
1: subject to discuss on Dear God. How it brings up the abuse that Matt suffered at the hands of his father. I can't imagine how difficult that was. The song comes from his new EP, In Defiance. That release also delivers another tough topic. Matt shares about that next. I guess there's been another change that you've gone through. With In Defiance, you've moved to Rockfest Records. But, you know, lately I've been seeing many artists just deciding to stick with the independent route. So how important is it for you to be on a label?
2: Oh, man, I mean, it's been amazing. I mean, you know, as an independent artist for a long, long time, you do learn a lot of, like, the basics about what it's going to take to be on a label. You know, a lot of people have this image where it's like, you know, I get on a label and it's just smooth sailing from then on out. I mean, the label still wants you to work. The label still wants you to correspond with fans. The label still wants you to be posting on social media. A lot of people have this like pie in the sky image about a label, how like if I get signed, man, all my work is over. <laughs> you know, that's definitely not the case, man. When you're on a label, your work has just begun cuz now you've got deadlines and now you've got things to to do. And so I would say to all those independent artists, man, it's something that you cannot build unless you're already doing some of the work because labels don't look at like lazy artists and go, that's the guy I want. (laughs) You (laughs) know, you have to have that work ethic. And while it is important to be on a label, it's even more important to have the ethic that when a label discovers you, they'll go like, this is a great fit. Like I've been very, very fortunate with Rockfest. They treat their artists really well. To them, I was like an unsigned artist that gave me a chance when nobody was really looking at the time to to get on the road with them. So all my appreciation goes out to Rockfest. But like before I got on with them, there was a lot of just vultures. There's snakes of all shapes and sizes, and you kind of have to be aware. As far as Rockfest, man, I've definitely had an amazing experience with them.
1: I want to talk about what I think is the standout from Indefiance. You get personal on Not My Name. These are the scars that mark me as a misfit as I run from your perceptions. I'm fighting my reflection, and I wonder what you'd understand. Are people really that dim?
2: Oh, man, so Not My Name is basically a song that talks about the labels that people put on somebody either that's a black sheep or like me with disabilities. I mean, you see it all the time. When you know you encounter somebody that's having disabilities, they almost become known for that disability. You know, I remember growing up, there was a blind kid that went to my school. Everybody just referred to him as blind kid. Oh, or my. you know, um, there was a deaf girl that I knew. What, what was her name? You know, the deaf girl. Um, with me, it was like, you know, people would call me all sorts of names, and you almost become known by your disability or by whatever your shortcoming is and it becomes this thing that people don't take a second glance and see the person within they're just always focused on the external and so not my name was kind of that song about like there's more to me than just this disability man i'm so much more than your throwaway people are you know they they might not understand what all we go through to kind of escape stereotypes or it's an uphill battle you know even as we talked about in my education it's already we're dealt these cards that are just so hard to deal with and then when people like just get to know you by the one area that you don't want to be get to know uh, you know to to stand out it becomes frustrating and I remember also when I was in these disability meetings and stuff and and they'd want to help you but they would need the most pathetic story of how your life was going. I'd go in this room with this lady and she'd be like, so what do you do on a day-to-day basis? And she'd want to get the worst version of this to help you out with either monetarily with disability or mm-hmm. something else. And it's just drains on your confidence when you're not on stage with seven day slumber, when you're kind of in that waiting period and you're having to kind of like condense yourself down to this version of yourself that you don't want to be. And it just was like, this is not who I am. This is not my name. I know you want to, but on paper, I'm something, but take your paper and do something with it man I don't I don't care about all that. This is not my name. I'm more than that.
1: You make it sound like you were just frustrated, but I would think that you'd be angry about it too.
2: Oh, absolutely I mean you know when you plan those meetings and and people a lot of them may have good intentions they want to help they want to you know help you enroll into a program or whatever it is and they have great intentions but they just you know, as somebody who's pretty self-aware, it can just be so draining to go in there and be like, so we want to hear the most pathetic version of who you are in order to help you. We need to know every shortcoming and anything that you bring up that's a, a positive that you maybe have a hope in doing this. Like I'd say something about music and that's not what they even wanted to hear. They were like, OK, well, you know, can you drive? No. Like, can you depend on yourself for this, this A, B, and C? And you're like, well, no. Have you been fired from this place because you didn't fit the mold? Oh, yeah, I did. Like, they're shining a mirror up to your worst qualities. And it's just like, man, I want to be known for something other than that. And it becomes, like I said, your name, your identity is in this thing that you're just like, okay, they want the most fragile, crappy version with no characterization of anything and you know i'm sure as we're having this interview you're like oh this guy's a good conversationalist whatever you can pick out those good qualities but they just want the one thing to focus on and so that's what not my name's about is just like you know i don't want to be known for that one thing that's not my name that doesn't sum me up
1: no and now you get summed up by matt suzano the rock star
2: that's it man you know it's like (laughs) I mean it was a long hard road man but I mean we made it and like I said it's just like one of those things where I'm glad to be known for something other than that now
0: To live with These are the scars That mark me as a misfit As I run from your perceptions I'm fighting my reflection And I wonder What you'd understand About staying strong When you fought so long In a world that tells you You don't belong It's hard to be Parts I won't fit the mold that you fit. There's a warrior inside me that you played a fucking building because you.
1: No doubt about it, Matt Cezano is an artist with a powerful voice who's bringing dynamic songs to his fans. He has a lot more available online, so be sure to check into his music. Next week, The Antidote brings a local favorite from Peterborough, Ontario. Van Camp gives an emotive edge to the story songs of this talented indie folk pop artist. Tune in to hear about his about-to-be-released debut EP, 5.23. Are you ready for more from Matt Cazano? I have Not Dead Yet queued up from his Transcend album, but first Matt will fill us in about his plans for the rest of 2022. It's been good to have you here. Come back next week for more. So I guess the summer music festivals are all done now. So how is Matt Cazano going to support In Defiance?
2: Man, well, we're working right now on orchestrating some tour. Um, My stepdad, Steve, he helps a lot with driving bus and like, you know, we were talking about stuff that I can't do due to disability. Well, he's been gracious to take me on the last three tours and he's kind of trying to, with the help of Rockfest, organize some shows and do all that kind of thing. And so we're looking at doing some independent bookings and things like that. We've invested in a sound system we've got all the the sound gear and we're really ready to just rock and so now it's just trying to figure out what the best route is to go on for a long-term tour because oftentimes i'll get a lot of people that'll be like i want to come see you in this town or this area and then you've got like little pockets but we're trying to figure out the best route that's the Mm -hmm. challenge with a lot of bands too i mean trying to organize the tour in the most effective efficient way and, you know, not driving 24 hours for one show to come home. In time, you guys will hear like an Defiance tour or something come up.
1: Oh, well, that'd be great. Well, listen, Matt, I want to thank you for speaking with The Antidote. And best of success with the new EP.
2: Hey, man. Well, thank you guys so much. Check out my stuff. I really appreciate it. MattSasano.com and uh, I'm always on Instagram and social media so please drop by and send me a message if you've heard this interview and you've taken something from it I really appreciate you guys you've got the target on my head
0: but I'm not dead yet I'm not dead yet I know you you've got me in your sights and you've knocked me down to the ground left me here to bleed out and by now Be no prayer to save my life But pain is nothing new to me So go plan out my eulogy But there's nothing you can do to me Oh no, you think you'll be the death of me But I become your reckoning With every single breath in me I'm letting you know You got that target on my head you a soldier through and through But I think you've gone and lost your mind You've dug my grave a thousand times Hoping just to say goodbye Oh no But you're in for a big surprise So wash away that chalk outline Cause you're about to watch me rise I'm still alive You got that target on my head But I'm not dead yet I'm not dead yet So don't hold your breath. Oh, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. Oh, I'll fight until there's nothing left, but I'm not dead yet. I remember all the times you tried to break me. You left me in the dark and thought I'd never get out. You tried to cut me open and leave me bleeding. But every scar you left has made me stronger now You should've thought twice before you heard me Cause I'm coming back around and I won't forget See, I'm a lot like you, I show no mercy You should be worried Cause I'm not dead yeah. and red, but I'm not dead yet, so don't hold